Hey, Nikki, thanks for joining me. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, my pleasure. Um, and I'm glad we managed to get together. The last time we tried to record, it was all glitchy and the internet got in the way, but it looks, you look great today. So that's, that's brilliant. Thanks for doing that. Um, so Nikki, just uh, for people who don't know you, just say a little bit about what you do and how you help people. Oh man, I thought you would give my intro. I hate giving intro. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I am an email copywriter. Um, I am the senior email copywriter for the Copy Hackers Agency. Um, and I also work with my own private clients. And I also um, co-founded Unmasked Market um, with a obviously co-founder. <laughs> um, and we teach SaaS marketers how to write emails um, for their SaaS companies. And just everything email, all sorts of email stuff, um, specifically for SaaS, but also for um, mostly subscription-based models, that kind of thing. Um, mm -hmm. And just, yeah, obsessed with email. So that's me. <laughs> yeah. So how are you obsessed with email? How did that come about? How did it come about? Um, it's a long story, but um, should I give the whole long story? Yeah, go for it. Go for okay. it. Uh, so the official long story is that uh, when I was eight years old, Heinz ran the ketchup company. Um, mm -hmm. They ran a really fun campaign called Talking Labels, where they each label of the ketchup bottle had like a quote from a celebrity or, um, you know, from customers or just like funny little quotes. And me and my mom would like sit around the kitchen table and like make up our own. And it was really fun. And every time we went grocery shopping, I would like pull them all off the shelves and like read them all. Like we buy them all, please. Um, and during one of these kitchen table conversations, my mom was saying, you know, like people actually do this as a job. Like it's called copywriter and it, you could actually be a copywriter. I was like, wow, cool. So that was like seed plant number one. Um, and so then I, I went to school for copywriting, um, but that was more on the creative side. And then since then I've moved into conversion copywriting mm -hmm. and then specifically into email itself. Um, so yeah, more story points, but, uh, that's the basic gist of it. I guess like seeing myself, how effective email was, uh, was when I sent a cold pitch to Joanna Weave of copy hackers. That was just for a project, but I sent one email and landed this, you know, crazy project with her. Um, so that was very exciting and very powerful for me to see how effective it could be. And then, you know, a couple of emails later, after I sent her a few more, she said like, okay, I'm hiring you. <laughs> So uh, that's how that happened. Yeah, it is incredibly important because, um, I mean, many people, when they think about business email, think about maybe a newsletter, lead generation, but actually it can come down to just, just general communication to, with your customers or, or people over regular email. And I think that's what's so important about it. It's paying attention to every single aspect. So I'm fascinated by it, really. It's amazing all the different touch points you have with, you know, from lead to customer to refer. Like, it, it hits every single, like, the, the famous uh, R, the pirate metrics. Um, you know, it's activation, it's acquisition, it's retention, it's referral. It's, it's every single one of them. Yeah. It really helps you through each point and helps each person develop the relationship and progress in their journey it's very powerful and it's very fun not necessarily you don't have to be fun and funny and that kind of thing but it's just 
it's amazing how you can really deepen the relationship and explore and 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 experiment and have fun with it, even if you're not funny. Um, so maybe tell me about some of the companies you work for. So tell me about Copy Hackers. What do you do for them? And, and while you do, I'll bring up their website. Um, so we so the Copy Hackers website actually is different than the Copy Hackers agency. Copy Hackers is just content on copywriting um, and courses and all that kind of good stuff. Check them out uh, if you are into copy amazing stuff you know they teach all the copywriters ever everything um so it's it's awesome stuff um the agency works with uh clients um doing copy for them and we do everything for them um push notifications and emails and landing pages and websites and just you know facebook ads everything and so i do the emails um and we work with clients like prezi and sprout social and resident home a whole list it's a lot of fun <laughs> a nice range of client types also client personalities so it's it's fun to experiment with the different you know like when we were working with doodle we were having like a lot of fun with the voice and the tone and being more cutesy uh versus you know working with prezi was very like okay choppy short like targeted kind of email so just a nice range where we really get to experiment and uh try out different things and, and work with different types of people. I'm always in, interested uh, about how people get under the skin of their clients uh, and mm-hmm. really, so you can do the best work for them. Have you got any tactics on that? Well, I'm spoiled with copy hackers because we have an amazing, amazing research team that is like incredible beyond. Uh, but then, you know, working with my own clients, um, my favorite is customer interviews. Um, I think we really, really uncover amazing feedback like and and just the way people talk and if you can get that it's it's incredible um and then yeah surveys and um looking in places where people are talking about whatever problems you solve or that kind of you know social media has given us so much data like I, I think of to like the old old-time copywriters the direct response people like how did they get their information? They didn't have these amazing minds uh for hearing how people talk like how did they end up you know, getting what they got. So yeah, definitely like reading up on what people say and how they say it, you know, interview surveys and then, you know, looking around and just seeing how people talk. I think a lot of people don't spend that time. You almost need to immerse yourself in it until you're almost sick of it. You, you know so much about that industry, the people, what, what's being bought, what's being sold. It's much easier for you to to write. Yeah, we're, we're working with a lot of mattress brands right now. Every night when I go to sleep, I'm like testing out my <laughs> mattress. Like, I need a new one. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Yeah, I know. I, I hear you on that. Tell me about Unmass Market as well. This is the one, uh, the company you co-founded. Yes. So this was born from, uh, Sophia and I were in a mastermind together um, and just, you know, weekly conversations with each other and talking. We both realized that there is a lot of talk on, um, you know, templates and best practices and all this kind of thing, which is great. Like the world of copy has come so far and it's amazing and it's, it's, it's really, really great. But then we saw this opportunity to go even further and to like break breakfast best practices and to push beyond templates and, okay, and yeah. really get deeper and, and more uh, experimental, that kind of stuff. So that's that's where that came in. That's cool. And um, just, just out of interest, do you find what's the difference between working because you work with an agency, you work on your own, working in a, in, in, with uh, Sophia? What's that like? What are the differences? I won't yeah. ask to say which, which you prefer. Which I prefer. I, I've <laughs> always liked working in an agency. Like when I started going freelancing, um, I... I did miss the interaction between everybody and, and, and like the ability mm. to 
or toss ideas back and forth with people. And I definitely do see that when you have a team, you you push ideas further. Um, so there's definitely that benefit. Thankfully, I've built that into my own business as well, just because, you know, through my network. But it's not the same as actually everybody actually working on the same project and you know, everyone being invested in the results and that kind of thing. And then working with Sophia is so much fun because we're just like so in line with each other. We have a lot of fun together and just being able to realize our vision and, and push things forward and talk things through. Like it's, yeah, I love it. It's great. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing better than working with someone you admire, get on really well with and, and you ask each other great questions because you draw out the the really good bits of information, like obvious stuff. You think, oh, why didn't I think of that idea? And that you're doing it to each other and it, it gets really, it really accelerates the process. But finding those, those people are, are hard. Yes, I'm, I'm very blessed to have Sophia. Yes. <laughs> One of the reasons I was interested in talking to you, um, I mean, I, I, I like email. I use email a lot all day for my pitches and proposals. But I've seen a lot of people, their go-to in terms of marketing is social media. They go on social media and, and just post, 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 post out into the void and they're sending stuff out, maybe not paying too much attention to what's working, what they're getting back. Some people do it really well because they treat it as a conversation which is what it should be uh, they're putting stuff out but also listening and responding but I've seen a bit of a resurgence in email in terms of either small groups and communities and, and using email as a facility to communicate with those people like almost old-fashioned email newsletters you know where you have some uh, a group of people who just want to get the bite-sized news on a certain topic is that your feeling and if so why do you think that is I think the barrier to entry on social media is very low. You don't have to, like, yes, you do have to get your following, but it feels like an easy step to get a following. It's not a multi-step process. You're not collecting people. You're just yeah. getting them to click follow. Yeah. Um, so I think it's just like a default of like, oh yeah, okay, social media, let's, let's do it. You know, and then you just start building. And, and you think if I just start creating content, people will come. Whereas with email, you know you can't just create content. You have to build the list first or together or that kind of thing. Um, so it's more of a complicated process to start. So it's kind of like, eh, we'll do it later, if at all. <laughs> I think also people underestimate the power of, of selling with email, whereas it's very obvious, you know, how to sell on social media. Like you just put a picture of your product on Instagram and then people will buy it, won't they? You well, know, you, you say that. <laughs> I don't know if it is that obvious to people. Interesting. No, it's definitely not that easy. <laughs> but it, it feels that easy because you see other people doing it. Whereas with email, I don't know if you use Gmail, but like all the promotions go into the promotions tab. So I'm not seeing those emails. I'm not buying from those emails versus the emails that really create that connection and that relationship that I move into my inbox, you know, and then they sell me. That's, you know, people are underestimating the power of that and the ability for that because people are seeing it less often, which is why I think in the SaaS space and in the course launch space, Email is the default. In the SaaS world, you know, you're getting all the email, email addresses every time someone signs up for a free trial. There is no lead gen. It's just part of, you know, product adoption and acquisition and all that. And then in terms of course launches, like it's just so prevalent, you know, everybody knows like, yeah, you got to do it from your list. It's all about the list. So I think in those industries, it is more accepted. And in the other industries, it's more, oh, it's another step I have to do. I'm not sure if I want to do it. Will it be successful? All that kind of stuff. Have you got any, I mean, you talk about collecting lists and building lists and, and actually your observation on that 
it's just easier to jump in with social media. I haven't quite thought of it like that, but absolutely it's true because it's there. People use it personally. They're just moving from one place to another very easily. They're not having to build a list and manage everything. Not having to use a separate app. So, with that in mind, do you have any ideas about how people could start collecting a list? If they if they're starting from nothing, or they've just got maybe a few customers who they regularly work with, how can they start building that up in in the right way, so that they're going to have um, they'll be able to have those meaningful conversations later? First step, everybody always says, is create a lead magnet. You know, you want to give something to people for signing up. On the other hand, if you are going to be consistent with your content, your content could be your lead magnet. It doesn't need to be something separate. Um, it could be something that is, so the second thing, I'll get to the story in a second. The second <laughs> thing is that um, you can be using social media to drive people to your email list or to your lead magnet, all that kind of thing. So I yeah. put out this little experiment test on um, LinkedIn. I just like put, I think it, it was like a two post thing where I was talking about how I'm going to email my list about um, some cold email tactics, or maybe like I'm going to put a, put out a blog post um, of cold email tactics. You know, if you want to get on the list. And I actually got like a very surprisingly decent amount of subscribers from that. So definitely like using everything hand in hand, you know, whatever marketing strategies you're using, then push it to the list. And then the people that are on your list keep doing it, whatever you're doing, but in a, a deeper, more meaningful way, because they've already committed to you on a deeper level because they decided to subscribe. I think playing with it as an experiment can be helpful because it doesn't feel as scary. Um, when I first started my list, I was like, hey, why not? Let me try it. And I was surprised like, oh, okay, that's how like it actually works. <laughs> um, you know, like I, I thought, you know, you have to be like this big company to start and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, you have to have like a lot of content and everything. And it was really just like, I want to just experiment and try this and seeing how like it, it, it happens. Like if you put in decent effort to create good content that people want, um, they'll come to you. So, and then also doing things like, you know, guest posts and guest webinars and stuff like that, obviously borrowing traffic from other people uh, can be helpful too. Yeah. I mean, that's a good idea, actually, the um, getting in other people's networks, because mm -hmm. I mean, you, you might work hard to build yours, but if you haven't got many people coming to your website or, or many people following you on social media, it might be a bit slow to do that. But if you can go out and, and do what you're doing now, guest, guest on a podcast or put a, put a blog article somewhere, then there's going to be a trickle of people who, who are going to flow through that way. And that, I think that's a, it's something I actually, I, I don't do enough. I need to do more of that. Cool. I don't know why. Because there's so much to do. There's, there's there so is. Many, there's so many things and it's like, where do I start? When do I start? Why do I start? Yeah, exactly. So, some days I wish I could, uh, I, I should sh focus on a niche like you in terms of email, because my, mm -hmm. my breadth in terms of marketing is <laughs> ever expanding. I obviously need uh, experts like you to focus on certain things. And, and, and with that in mind, what I'm going to do is we'll take a quick sponsor break and then I'm going to come back and we're going to uh, just workshop a few ideas for our club membership emails. And I'm going to lay them bare and see what you think of them. And we're going to workshop some ideas on how to improve. This episode is sponsored by 34sp.com. They offer fast, secure and managed WordPress hosting for the low price of $9.95 a month. One of the reasons I moved most of our clients over to 34sp is that they take care of the updates. And WordPress is one of the biggest website platforms out there. Because of that, it's a large target for malicious attacks. Keeping WordPress and your plugins up to date is the very best way of protecting your site and your data. Not only do 34SP manage WordPress core updates, so you're on the most up-to-date and stable release, but they also update the plugins for you. And if you're a control freak like me, you can delay them for up to seven days to allow you to do any testing. It gives me the peace of mind that all our client sites are up-to-date and secure. 
34SP also offer incredibly fast server caching, a free SSL certificate with Let's Encrypt, a free website migration service, daily backup and site snapshots, a staging area to spin up a copy of the website, no restrictions on bandwidth, a simple control panel that I wish other hosts would copy, and great UK-based support, even on the weekend. Visit 34fp.com to upgrade your WordPress hosting, and when you do, use the code WPINVENTIVE at checkout. That's WPINVENTIVE, all one word, to get your first three months completely free. Thank you to 34SP for sponsoring Something Inventive. Okay, Nikki, right, I'm going to set you a challenge and we'll see how it works. Let me bring up, um, if I share my screen, we're going to bring up a um, uh, the last teaser email I sent out to our customers. But first, let me set the scene. So we've got a marketing club and each, each uh, month I have a webinar for about an hour long where we pick a topic and I will basically give a presentation on that. If we've got time, we'll do a q and it's, it's a bit like me in person, but light. So they can they can get to ask a few questions. They get to learn something. They get to feel hopefully a bit more motivated about the marketing they're doing and, and move forward. My aim with the club is that everyone is motivated and building momentum in their marketing because I, that's what I think is key to marketing. It's not doing a big push and then doing nothing. It's about doing a sustained effort, doing the right things, but a sustained effort. So that's basically the idea. And I want people to join up. It's actually an area of the business I want to grow more. And while we've got a number of customers on there, we've got some more recent signups this year. I just feel it's not as accelerating as fast as it could. And seeing as I've got an expert on here, I thought it'd be interesting to workshop how we might... Um, improve that yeah I love this idea like I'm a little bit nervous so go oh. easy on me <laughs> yeah I feel like I'm just gonna like throw ideas at you Let rip. it's fine I think this is this is what it's all about <laughs> okay cool okay so the first thing I would say is like give me background of how you created this email and you know why you chose this video and when you sent out the email all this kind of stuff like give me the this the ecosystem that this email is sitting in so um this is actually a teaser for one of the club workshops that was going to happen in the following week so our club workshop was all about um customer testimonial videos oddly enough and it's, it's something i do for, for customers something i do for myself where much like we're recording now I will speak to customers, dig into why they bought the product, what they do, and all that sort of information, maybe get a testimonial out of them. And so we're going to talk about that process, how I do it, and some tips and tactics and, and, and how, how that works. So the aim behind this email, it was to share something that people might need. So I wanted to have something quite concrete rather than just talking about the, the club in general. So that was my objective, really, in terms of putting it together. The video is just me hopefully explaining it as me. I think a lot of people on my list might know me from the podcast or um, they may have met me in person. I have done a series of workshops over the nine years I've been running Rather Inventive as well. So that list has been built up like that. So a lot of people are aware of me. They've met me in person. The video was quite key to that. It's like, it is me. It's not It's not a robot. It's not someone else. It's actually it's actually me going to be presenting this. And then the rest of the email was, I wanted to be able to be able to dive in and buy a one-time uh, visit to the email, so, uh, to, the, to the club. So they didn't need to commit, but they could subscribe, which is ideally where I'd like people to go. And I put lots of FAQ information in there to give people more detail. And then this thing at the bottom is something similar, but different. It's kind of like a very light 
free webinar that people can access, but I've kind of sort of sewn the two together. But this is the primary bit I want people fo to focus on. In terms of when it was sent, yeah, I think it was about a week before. And I think this particular one was sent early evening, which is when I found my list seems to be most active. Okay, that's awesome that you're looking at your stats of when your list is most active. That's great. What else are they getting in their inbox from you? You know, week to week, month to month, that kind of thing. Sure. So each month we send a newsletter. So the newsletter is a roundup of the articles we've published on our blog. Those could be quite long, long form articles. Some of them could be linked list style. So there, I've seen a tweet or I've seen an article. I'll take a quote from that and I'll put it on our, on our blog. And some can just be links out to tweets. Usually I'll try and bring those onto our blog. But effectively it's a roundup of what's happened, what's caught my eye, uh, what's interested in terms of marketing, putting that all into one email and sending it out, as well as our uh, podcast as well. Okay, awesome. Um, what kind of research have you done in terms of, you know, feedback from the club, you know, most popular webinars, all, any of this kind of stuff, like why people sign up, why they don't sign up, why they cancel? Any of this kind of okay, so the first few questions are easy. I have done a, a survey, which we did at the beginning of the year, to find out what topics they liked, were we having it on the right day, which it did seem that we were. Um, some ideas in terms of including other people, so maybe having a subject matter expert on there as well, as well as me. And not not because it's uh, they they don't like the look of me. It's because actually they found that the flow between having two people is slightly more dynamic. A bit like we are now is there's more it's more interest in terms of the vocal range what we're talking about it's more it's more like and someone has said this so we have got some feedback it's like listening in to a conversation i'm having with someone else and they really enjoy that there's like a flower on the wall listening into a topic and it's a, it's quite intimate doing it that way whereas when it's on my own it's fine but it's more functional let's put it that way so i've done some research on that in terms of why people buy and why they don't buy it's not something i've dug into yet i'm actually just after after our customer testimonial videos, I'm going to be start doing some customer testimonial videos where I will be talking to those people and finding out those particular questions. But I don't know it right now. Okay, those are those are gems of research. You know why people do and why people cancel. Also, um, so that's I'm really excited that you're doing that. That's really cool. Let's talk about uh, the, the the rule of one. So basically, in copywriting, there is the rule of one, and that's you should. It's it's a bunch of different things that you should be talking to one type of person, one reader. You should have one idea, one offer, and one promise. So what I'm seeing in this email is maybe even three, um, but I think it's two. Two offers. Um, you're asking them to watch the video, and then you're also asking them to watch the other video. <laughs> so I would say number one is to break this into two emails. So if they don't sign up for the first one, then send them that second one. What, when, when I see this problem of having more than one idea in an email, it's typically from a fear of sending too many emails. <laughs> it's a valid fear. Many, many people have it, but it's not actually a valid fear because people that are your best customers want to be hearing from you. They're excited to be hearing from you because you're giving them value. And just because you're asking them to pay, pay for something does not mean you're not giving them value. Definitely like try emailing more often. I would even, if you can do it, make this into a, you know, like a three-part series where you're kind of like launching this um, and, and really spelling out the benefits of joining. So where you have these FAQs, which I think are really, really great, they could come farther along, like as you're mm. in the series. And that way it's not like so much for them to consume at one time. They have time to be thinking about it. And then um, FAQs are something that um, people that are interested 
hesitated and hesitant and almost there, that's when we start thinking about FAQs. When we don't even know who it is, what it is, why it is, why we should join, then we're not thinking about the questions yet. So that's something that can go like at the end of your little mini sequence, you know, and then, and then you're kind of drawing them through the journey versus just throwing everything at them at once and hoping that they make a decision in one email. I think spreading out this, this decision journey mm. over a couple emails would be like amazing. How much feedback did you get on the topic of this video as something that is, because this is something that I can see client testimonial videos. It's something that I see people interested in knowing that they have to do, but possibly something that feels a little like work to them. Whereas if you have something that like, I don't know, let's say just like off the top of my head, like um, something about, you know, your, I saw you had a LinkedIn video, you know, get more from LinkedIn. So again, like the barrier to entry of LinkedIn is low. People know they should be doing social media. They're not really so familiar with how to do it on LinkedIn. Maybe they tried and like, they're not really getting it or, you know, a video, like a, a webinar that is like a more of a low hanging fruit kind of thing could also be more, um, more of a successful way of getting people to really want to join the club. You know, you did this the week before and this is a live kind of thing. Um, but I would test doing this as an evergreen thing that as soon as somebody signs up, they get this series of emails um, and they can, you know, access the recordings and all that kind of thing or whatever. What are your thoughts so far? No, so that's interesting. So I, um, what you're saying about uh, an email sequence, I think, is where I've been looking to pitch this, but never quite getting there. At time, really, it's not it's not knowledge. I know how to do it, uh, at least technically. It's it's just time in terms of setting that up, and it, it's it's confidence in some ways. You know, even even though I know I do this sort of thing for other people in terms of setting up emails. It, it's confidence that you are going in the right direction. So for me personally, like when. If you've got a certain amount of time that you can spend on your own business marketing, do you want to spend it on what you feel is right? But then you're quite right. I'm trying to say, well, I've only got one a small amount of time to put one email together. So I put everything in like the whole kitchen sink is in there. Coming back to this drip feed, I, I think we can probably have two different things here. You've got people who join the list. There's a sequence in place to welcome them to the list, point out other things that are available, including the, the, the club and sort of funneling them down to that. And then you have the newsletter. So the newsletter goes out on a monthly basis. It might have a very short explanation about what topics are being talked about in the next month's club, but we're not going, it's not a big sell. It's like, you're already on board and we're going to keep you warm until you're until you're ready but actually having that initial funnel seems to make sense mm -hmm. and that's where i was thinking that we'd take them from something like this first this is very easy to access it's very open in terms of what it's quite general information it's a good general primer in terms of marketing and an overview of some very quick wins that they could do then moving into the club later really once they've gone past that yeah i wonder if um like it, it, i first said you know that you should send that second video later it seems like maybe that should be the first email in the series or the second email you know something like towards the beginning and then you're pushing them more towards the actual and then i would send out an upsell you know of that monthly subscription versus just that one-off subscription but don't go crazy like if that's too much work you know you only have so much time like just but the thing with all of this is it's never um too much work if you think about it in the long term because obviously if i set up this system then i've i've thought about this email sequence i set it up once and then I tweak it. I don't need to keep setting up. It's set up. Every new subscriber gets the sequence and then they get in the newsletters. And then it's actually probably easier because then I just focus on the newsletters. 
make them really good, have a small upsell to the things I want people to buy, but not too much, knowing that they've really had that that essential push uh, at the beginning. And it may be like um, we sent out a pitch specifically at the beginning of the year and we have people signing up from that. Now there was a discount code included, which does seem to push people over the edge. And I hate discount codes. I really do. It's like, it, it feels that it's devaluing the service. However, given the nature of the service, actually, I, I know it does push people over the edge. So it could be that periodically having a, a focus push but otherwise, I do I do like the idea of having that initial sign up benefit. I wonder if um, instead of a discount, you can offer something else so that you're not devaluing it. You're just bringing up the value. A Slack community, a, uh, you know, downloadable transcript, something extra and exciting that doesn't devalue, but then just kind of like, yeah, I, I want to get in. That's great. Do you have any other thoughts? I think you've given a lot of value there. A different strategy that I can put in place. <laughs> Yay, that's exciting. Um, yeah, I had one thought, but it's, uh, again... I wonder if maybe I shouldn't even say anymore just because like, yeah, like this is good strategy to to play with it. Oh, it was along the lines of that similar kind of thing, um, getting to talk to people, um, you know, about why they're hesitant to buy. It could be some sort of incentive of like you get a free month if you talk to me about, you know, why you're hesitant or why you didn't sign up or why you want to sign up, you know, all this kind of stuff could be good uh, information to help you. Oh, that was the other thing was in your newsletters. Again, you were saying to put like a little upsell uh, in the bottom and you don't have to sell it as much because they're already familiar. Um, but I wonder if you could even also add another separate email before each webinar um, where you give like a tiny bit of a taste of what the webinar is so that the people who are not part of the subscription feel the value, see the value and might buy into it. So they're, they'll still open because you're giving them value, but then they might buy because they're not getting everything. So kind of these little teaser emails every week. And that's good for the people that are already in the club because they, you know, they'll get excited for the webinar and they'll show up live. Yeah. And then people that are not in the club will be like, hey, I don't want to miss out. Let me join this webinar. But they're still getting value, so they're not feeling like you're selling to them. Yeah, I guess I was hoping to achieve that with uh, this particular email uh, by having the video, which is, is essentially my bullet points. I don't know about you, when I'm preparing a presentation, I'll write the headline, then all the bullet points and the headline bullet points for each slide. Mm -hmm. uh, and that gives me a guidance to then create everything. And so that's all essentially what it was. It was my, it's my thoughts, my bullet points, because if, if I've articulated it once, then I feel I've, I've got halfway there in terms of preparing the presentation. And the nice thing is if it's on YouTube, you've got the potential that it could be found by the people you can share it on LinkedIn. I just, for me, I've just gone all in. I've done this. It seems like I'm on the right track, which is really good. I just perhaps need to spread things out a little bit, give them a bit more breathing room uh, and allow people that time to either build up momentum and say, yeah, what Ben's talking about here looks really good, but I'm not ready to buy yet until month three they go yeah okay i really like this i'm i'm seeing all the topics that are piquing my interest yeah you broke that down really well perfect yeah <laughs> actual email itself like this was great yeah how, how you're kind of yeah i do see the value in this email um i would think about um copywriting formulas a little more in terms of the flow of the email so like i noticed you have like a section about you know like why they're so important further down i would let that be your hook you're talking about why at the beginning when people don't even know why yet so just you know pulling people through the story more and maybe even being very upfront and say like hey i want to give you this little piece of like teaser and then if you want more here's the here's the uh the link to buy um you know kind of being more personal and explanatory and um you know, kind of building this relationship with them, even though they haven't joined the club yet. So they'll get even more when they join the club. There's also something I, I, I don't know if you mentioned it there, but I've, I've, I've picked up on it before and I've kind of fallen foul of it this time is 
sometimes if you have too much text, too much content, people will look at it and go, I'll look at that later because it looks maybe valuable. There's a lot of information there, but I'll look at it later. And then they don't. I know what happens. The, the, the email gets deleted. It just stays in your inbox, gets archived, whatever, uh, and gets cleared out a couple of months later. And actually having something shorter, sharper and smaller where they have to click through and get more information if they're, if they're particularly interested. So it's about having just enough in there that's it's useful and they can make a decision about whether they're going to take the next step rather mm-hmm. than here's everything. Make your decision. Yeah, I love the, the fact that you were willing to go long because many people are very scared to go long. So it's, it's great that you weren't scared to include information that people need um, and I think it's also great that you're just doing it and and working through things as they're getting done I think that's the best way to just get it done and then work from there optimize experiment yeah it's awesome cool well I'll leave that there tell you what we'll take another break and then we'll come back and I want to find out about what tools and systems you use in your day-to-day work this episode is sponsored by bombbomb.com whether you're in sales customer success business development or leadership you're probably at your best when you're face-to-face with someone, just like this. That's why BombBomb has created a way to quickly and easily send simple personal videos directly from your email inbox. Now, I've always felt at a disadvantage communicating in text, particularly via email. So I've been using BombBomb to send explainer videos alongside my proposals. It's easier for me to explain all the details about a project without it ending up like a wall of text that I know people won't read. Using personal video also allows me to share my personality and enthusiasm, which can be hard to get across with text. So with BombBomb, your emails can feel as warm and personal as a face-to-face meeting, which will help create a better customer experience, increase conversion, and build stronger professional relationships. If you'd like to see examples of how sales, marketing, and customer success professionals are using email videos in their business, then go to vid.us slash something inventive and you'll be sent 10 video examples from real users. You'll also get to hear from Jonathan, who was a guest on my podcast, and he's given me some really good tips when presenting in video, particularly for using these whiteboards and pens. Plus, you'll also get a chance to set up a free trial of the software yourself. So visit vid.us slash something inventive to get 10 video examples from real users. Thank you for BombBomb for sponsoring Something Inventive. So, Nikki, um, I'm always fascinated about the systems that people use in, in business, um, mainly because I want to pinch them and I want to do stuff better. So um, is there anything you want to share in the way that you work, tools, app systems um, that you use to get your job done? Yes. Uh, my number one favorite app is Slack, um, which you, yes, need to have a team, but you don't really. Um, you can't just use it by yourself, but um, I use it. It's a bit lonely if you do. <laughs> Um, but you know, me and Sophia are just me and Sophia and we have a Slack and it's very useful. And then also my team and then the copywriters team, and then also all these marketing Slack groups that I'm in, which are just great resources. But I like to use Slack as my own little project management tool, um, because it has little reminders, um, you know, like you can type something in and then ping it to remind you, um, you can integrate all different apps and stuff into it. So I totally don't use it the way it's supposed to be used, but I really like using it like this um, because I'm in it anyway. So if I'm going to be checking Slack anyway, then I want, I don't want to be going to a million other different apps. Yeah, makes sense. It's just really convenient for me. And the reason that also like, I've, I've really struggled with project management apps. Um, I've tried a lot, a lot of them. And I think really what it comes down to is, a few things, first of all, just limitations. And then also that I have to go into something else just to see what I'm supposed to be doing next 
Usually yeah. when I'm in that transition stage, I don't want to be doing it. I want to be procrastinating. I just want to go on Twitter, you know, so to take that extra step. Whereas like with Slack, it's already there. It's also because I'm in these other groups. It's kind of like, oh, let me procrastinate for a minute in these groups. <laughs> yeah. um, so honestly, I've gotten really low tech with like actual to-do lists, like just on my notepad in actual pen and paper um, and that kind of thing. Um, and then having having a manager is also very helpful. You know, just, you know, he keeps me on track kind of thing. <laughs> so that's project management stuff. What do you use for writing? For writing, just Google Docs. I find them useful, helpful. My favorite little like app add-on thing is uh, one one thesaurus. It has like synonyms and um, and like you know people use this word with and you know this word is used oh, right. by this. It's really cool. Great thesaurus. It's really really good. But yeah, Google Docs are great for collaboration. They're just easy to go through and they have a lot of you know features in terms of bookmarks and all this kind of stuff so that's a good one loom is something that is amazing when you're working with clients and teams and all that kind of thing you know just to walk through your thoughts uh it's like a screencast screen video kind of thing yeah i've not heard of that oh it's it's amazing there's also soapbox does the same thing and vidyard i've just like loom was the first one so i went with loom um, but they're, they're great for just like talking through your thoughts and, and working through things. Like I'm updating my website right now and I keep just like scrolling through my website and sending it to my designer, you know, and just being able to talk through, like, put this here. It's very hard to say in writing. Um, you know, so it's, it's great for. for oh, right. So it allows you to screen share little recordings and then send those off to each, each other rather than um, something like this real time screen sharing. Yes, ah. exactly. And you can have your and just the screen or just your face or just you know it's it's all the different options so it's great and then you can upgrade and you can um, you know have editing tools and captioning and all this kind of stuff too um so it's great for you know like if you're if you're you know shooting linkedin videos um you know where you're just talking talking head videos for you know that kind of thing you can put the captions on and you know it's great for that too so well one of our sponsors is bomb bomb and um they are used for personal video and i've been using that a lot for um pictures and proposals because I, I feel I come across better in video. Maybe I don't, but I feel like my, my video is better than my words. And so actually it's quite useful to create those sort of little videos, which you could then, I guess, put on LinkedIn and, and other things like that or, or emails. And I, I found that any way you can make video, especially if, it, if, it's a, if it's honest, it's you where you're talking to people, it just, it, it comes across well. Apart from I did get some feedback on one proposal where I had my uh, little talking head video and explaining what it was, the cost and all that sort of thing. And they, they were a bit weirded out by it, apparently. The, the feedback was they're like, what do I do with this? This person talking to me in my email. Very weird. That's very weird. <laughs> yeah, I quite like it. I, I think it's really nice to get to, to see people, but maybe some people just aren't used to that. They're like, well, this is weird. Yeah, it's very funny that video has not progressed more in email. You know, BombBomb Bomb is the only one that I know of that, you know, you could just drop your emails, your, your videos in there. Vidyard actually does it too, you know, where it's just, Loom might have started an integration mm. where it's just normal, you know, to see a video in your email. You don't have to click out, you know, just it's, it's, weird to me that it hasn't progressed further and it's not something we're more used to so but yeah that's funny feedback i think that would be awesome to get a proposal with the person you're going to work with and pay your money to <laughs> so yeah cool um anything else you want to share um if you are interested in emails then you should subscribe to emails from 
industries that you're in, industries that you're not in. Um, mm. Just immerse yourself in the world and take time to actually open these emails and, and take note of what emails you would open on your own, like what subject lines are intriguing for you. What Which emails do you react to and which emails would your audience react to and just what are people doing in the space, in different spaces? It's just a very, very good way of, of expanding your ideation process and, and how you should be sending and doing emails. So that's like my number one tip for people that want to start really ramping up their email strategy. Yeah, I think from what you said, it's very important to do that research, to spend time and energy. And I think a lot of people, in my, myself included, when you get busy, um, you tend to skip that a little bit and say, well, I'll just get on with the doing, which is fine. You can experiment as you go, but actually you might save a lot of time by, <laughs> by researching. It's, it's very hard. It's, 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 it's you having to talk to your customers, which is like, oh, I have to bother them. And, you know, um, and, and it's also sort of us thinking that we know what our customers need and want. Yeah. Uh, so there's that curse of knowledge that might actually not be real knowledge. Uh, so there's like a lot of factors that play into it. Um, so yeah, research is definitely a step that is skipped and it's a step that shouldn't be skipped. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's always best to just do and then optimize. I mean, you're right. You do kind of sometimes don't save time. Um, but but yeah, it's definitely do it. <laughs> cool. Thank you for that. And I appreciate you looking over our emails. I'll see if we can put something into action for the next couple of months. So we'll see, I'll, I'll let you know if I see any improvement there. Yeah, where to- Where... Where can people find you online if they if they're interested in getting some more specific help with their emails? Where should they? Where's best to reach you? So I have an email list <laughs> uh, where you can get you know uh, email tips um, on actual copywriting stuff, freelancing stuff. Uh, you can kind of uh, choose which like track you want to be in for the emails. Um, you can sign up nikkielbus.com, and LinkedIn is my like main hunt on social media. Uh, but Twitter, I'll kind of like pop in there every so often. Um, so that's there too. Yeah. And then on mass market, obviously, if you are a SaaS marketer, all those kind of stuff too. Yeah. And I'll make sure all those links are in the show notes as well as all the tools you mentioned. I've got to check out some of those myself. People can find me on Twitter. I'm at Ben Canard, or you can email the show. Hello at ratherinvented.com. Uh, you can find the show notes for this episode. Uh, it should be a link in your uh, podcast browser, um, or you can go to ratherinventive.com slash podcast. While you're there, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube account. If you're audio only, go over to iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, whatever your chosen poison is in terms of um, podcast player and um, subscribe there. Also, you can support us and it'd be really good if you did. Um, You can rate us on iTunes, check out our sponsors, just click through. Um, You don't have to buy anything, but just have a look and see if if it's for you. They're both great sponsors and I use both of the tools myself. Or you can join our marketing club. We've already talked about it a little bit, but if you want to find out more, go to ratherinventive.com slash club. Thank you very much. That has been great, Nikki. I do appreciate your time. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, that was really fun.